Welcome to Valley Heat. I'm Doug Duguay. This is a podcast about the neighborhood, my neighborhood, the Burbank Rancho Equestrian District, right here in Los Angeles County, brought to you by Jan Robinson Shirts and Pants. It's not just a shirt, it's a Jan Robinson shirt. And it's not just a pair of pants, it's a pair of Jan Robinson pants. You know, Jan's doing a lot of pants stuff right now. She's got a watermelon line out that she's been working on all summer. It's uh, the pants. The pants look like watermelon. They look like the outside of a watermelon. My wife wears these pants. She's walking down the street. Looks like her legs look like watermelons. And there's a jacket that goes with it, matches the pants. And when the jacket opens up, the lining looks like the inside of a watermelon. You see that? You go, oh, this is on purpose. She's really going full watermelon. And you can check out all the Jan stuff at the Farmer's Market every second and fourth Sunday of the month at the Farmer's Market in Studio City. No, sorry, that's North Hollywood every second and fourth Sunday. Or you can go to janrobinson.biz and and see what she's got there. All of her products are available online. Uh, Did I say North Hollywood? Sorry, it's Studio City every second and fourth Sunday of the month. That's in North Hollywood. Podcast is also brought to you by optometrists who call themselves doctors. I don't know if you have an optometrist who makes you call him doctor, like my optometrist, Dr. Fernari. He's not a doctor. He's Dean Fernari. And everyone in the office calls him Dr. Fernari. They say, Dr. Fernari will see you now. And you don't have to have a medical degree to be an optometrist. Uh, you do if you're going to be an ophthalmologist. Doctors don't sell you sunglasses, baby. It's also brought to you by Mojo Dancing Studio. I don't know if you've heard of Mojo Dancing. They have this over at Magnolia now. You ever go to a gym and realize you're just sick of doing all the stuff that you do in a gym? Moving like this, you move like that. Mojo Dancing is the opposite. You just go in there and you just dance however you want. You go in there, Dina tells you just move however you want. And let me tell you, someone tells you move however you want, you got about three minutes in you before you just completely break down. You don't know how to think or move. You don't even remember how to move. You know, I went in there, I was flailing my arms all over the place and first you feel silly and then you get into it and then you realize, I, I don't know what else to do. And your brain sort of shuts down and you just end up, you're just standing there sweating. You know, you move your left leg, you move your right leg, you're, you're shaking your hands. After about three minutes, you just stop. You don't know what to do. I mean, try right now. I'm telling you, you got about 30 or 45 seconds in you before you go, you know what? I'm never going to do this again. And I went in there and I was moving around and about three and a half minutes in, I just didn't know what to do. I couldn't, I was, I was sweating. I couldn't think. I couldn't even remember how to move. And Dina looked at me and she said, this is where mojo dancing starts. Welcome to the class. And I thought, this is amazing. And you know, another thing that Dina says is, she says, you don't have to exercise the way they tell you to exercise. You don't have to go on YouTube and see how to do some kind of push up or, you know, just make it up. Every exercise there is, is just totally made up. So my wife and I went home and we made up a bunch of exercises we can do in the pool. We came up with this one exercise, we call them escargots. And what it is, is you put a volleyball between your knees, you submerge it underwater, and then you can only use your arms to move yourself. You move vertically across the pool, really slow. That's why we call them escargots. And then every time you get to the end of the pool, you do a shot of tequila or vodka or whatever you want it to be. I mean, you got to be really careful. Uh, Faye chipped a tooth a couple times because it's easy to lose your equilibrium when you're trying to hold a volleyball underwater especially when you're doing shots, but that's the part that makes it fun. And then we came up with this other one. We call them hot martinis. And so what hot martinis are is that you get in the jacuzzi and you do squats. You can hold weights if you want. You can hold something that's heavy or you can just do it without holding something. I mean, I'll tell you, it's pretty hard to do squats in a hot jacuzzi. You get tired really fast. Got to make sure you don't dehydrate yourself. I, I was doing them and I had what they call a vassal vagal response where my body basically goes into what looks like a seizure. And uh, anyway, it was pretty scary uh, Faye and Phil both were terrified and I was I, apparently I was like shaking on the ground but you know you just got to drink enough water before you do these things all right let's start this episode of Valley Heat 
So the first thing I wanted to talk about, of course, is Pete, the pool guy, Pete, our pool guy, who I really made a big mistake with our pool guy. I, I spent over the last two months thinking that our pool guy had been using our garbage can as a drug drop. Someone has been putting drugs in our garbage can for distribution that someone picks up late at night just before the garbage gets picked up. And I thought it was Pete because he was taking our garbage out. I finally had to confront him about it and I really hurt his feelings. He was offended and told me that he wasn't going to clean my pool anymore. But I feel really bad. And I had to tell him that the DEA had been following him. because He might think that I asked them to follow him. And I, I definitely didn't do that. Not to mention that I was supposed to fire Pete because my wife, along with everyone else in the family, including her dad, thought it was Pete doing the drug thing. And I was supposed to fire him and I didn't. And my wife got so mad that she you know, got out of the car on the freeway. There's some more developments with that. My son's home, but she's not back yet. She's well, I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But and the main thing for me right now is I just want to know who's doing it, who's putting the drugs in there, you know? If for no other reason, just to get Pete off the hook, I don't want the DEA to be following him around. They're still staking out his house. They're watching this place. They're also watching him. A lot of people think I should not be getting involved, including my wife, including my father-in-law. But I feel like I got to do it just for Pete because I really want to get him off the hook. I, I want them to leave him alone. Before I get to any of that, I wanted to mention my neighbor, Gary Janthony, who is one house up. You know those automatic car washes that you drive through at a gas station for 11 or 12 bucks. He put one of these in his driveway. Most of us thought he was doing that just so he could wash his car, which, you know, seemed pretty exorbitant, but it turns out that he, you know, wanted to run it as a business and it was, it was going pretty strong as a business for a while. You know, it's weird. You have to drive through the car wash and then you're in his backyard. And in order to get out, you have to go around the car wash structure and someone drove into his neighbor's kitchen and completely destroyed the kitchen, and it's being rebuilt now. The city wants to shut it down. Most people in the neighborhood, at least within my perimeter, like a couple blocks from here, are really mad about it because there's a traffic jam all the time. There's a drainage issue. Not to mention the entire neighborhood smells like this lemony car scent, which I guess they put in the wax in this car wash. It smells a little bit like perfume combined with bleach. And so we're all kind of walking around in this haze, my neighbor, Dean Fernari, who is uh, my optometrist and also my neighbor, and another neighbor, Nick, have started this Takedown Gary campaign. Go to takedowngary.org and check it out. The website wasn't working before, but it's working now. Dean and Nick are pretty mad about it, and, and Dean has a personal stake in it because, you know, his house has been driven into. The problem for me is that Dean and Nick are out there giving people thumbs downs as they go into the car wash, but they're sitting sort of in my driveway, which makes me feel like I'm involved in what's going on. And you can hear that alarm going off over there. That's the car wash that beeps to tell people to move forward in line when it's time for them to pull into the car wash. And then you can hear Nick and Dean giving their thumbs down and grumbling and the car honks. So it feels like people in the neighborhood are going to think that I'm involved. So I just want to go out there and talk to Dean real quick and see if I can sort this out. Just a sec. Hey, Dean, do you guys have to be right in the driveway? What are you guys doing? Give it a thumbs down. The thing for me is if you guys are right in the driveway, it looks like I'm involved in this whole car wash situation. 
and I don't really want to be involved. Look, I don't have time for this. I'm a doctor. Okay, but you guys have to be right in the driveway. Can you guys just move out? I'm a doctor. Dean, look, you're an optometrist, okay? You're not a doctor. Brother, I'm a doctor. Because uh, technically, an optometrist is, goes to school for for four years and gets a doctorate in optometry, in. but is not a medical doctor. It's a doctor. And well, for the record, I studied ophthalmology. Right, but did you finish medical school? I didn't. I, I okay, so you're not an ophthalmologist. All My only point is that you're you're an optometrist. I know that you're busy. I just don't know. It's an absolute. You say you're a doctor often. I studied just, to be uh, an ophthalmologist. I, I probably shouldn't even have brought it up. <sighs> okay. See, now it's like I'm involved in something that I never meant to be involved in. I ran an ad for Gary for uh, Gary Janthony's car wash last week. and But I also ran an ad for Take Down Gary. You know, I'm trying to please both sides here. I just don't know why I need to be in the middle of it. And I feel like that's kind of why they're in my driveway is because they're upset that I ran that ad. And this guy with his doctor stuff, I mean, no opportunity lost to tell me he's a doctor, which he isn't. Not that I would care if he didn't tell me every time I see him. Anyway, my optometrist, Dean Fernari, is out there because someone drove into his kitchen and he's out there with my neighbor, Nick, and they're giving thumbs downs to all the people who are using the car wash. Hold on a second. Okay. Now Gary is coming over to my front door. Gary Janthony, the guy who owns the car wash is coming over here to talk to me. I'm, I guarantee he wants something. Okay. Hold on a second. I'm going to go talk to him. Hey Gary, what's up? How are you? Hey, Doug. How's the car wash? How's that? How's all that anyway, going? That's why I'm here. Um, I was wondering if you're willing to, um, just use the car wash right now. Uh, to let the neighbors in the neighborhood know that I'm open for business and it's an okay thing to do. So it just, it'll encourage them to also drive through. I feel like if I use a car wash, you're going to get mad at me. I mean, to be honest, I can hear the car wash across the streets. Like that alarm is pretty loud. Is there any way to turn the alarm off? Uh, Yeah, that's not possible. You can't turn that alarm off? I actually fiddled with it and all I can do is make it louder. So that's on the lowest setting? That's, yeah, that's on one. Look, I drive through that car wash. I think you know as well as I do, everyone in this neighborhood's gonna be mad at me. Look, I, I didn't want to have to bring this up, uh, but last year I gave you all those cactus cuttings, and and to be quite frank, the whole outline of your house is defined by those cacti. That's at least three or four hundred dollars worth of cactus cuttings. You want me to risk making this whole neighborhood mad at me because you gave me cactus clippings a year ago? Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you wouldn't mind. All right. Fine. I mean, I thought you were just going to throw those cactus clippings out, but okay. You're just the best. I really appreciate it. And uh, this one's on the house. What one? You mean the car wash? Yeah, usually they're 6 to $7. All right, so last year Gary gave me these cactus clippings, and, you know, he was going to throw them out. They were in a wheelbarrow, and uh, they were prickly pear, and they were also some saguaro clippings. And I mentioned to him that he shouldn't throw them out, that they could be reused. And he said, oh, do you want them? And so I took them. And, you know, honestly, he's right. It, it was a pretty big load of cactus clippings, and it's at least three or $400 worth of cactus. And I and I planted it outside, and it's done well. It pretty much defines the entire property. Uh, I'm going to go out there and just do one ride through the car wash. I'll record that and play it for you, but... Uh, right after this promo. Janthony's Car Wash is on Riverside and Sparks. Who would have thought there'd be a car wash right on your corner, right down the street or just a couple blocks away? You don't need to go all the way to Magnolia or Alameda or Olive. You can drive right down the street to Janthony's Car Wash, pull in for $6, and finish up in under five minutes. And Gary Janthony's place isn't just a place to wash your car. Gary's turned his garage into an 80s-style arcade. If you love Centipede, Asteroids, Pac-Man... 
Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Miss Pac-Man, you name it, it's in Gary's Garage. If you love video games or your kids love video games, come on down and hang out. Gary is serving Chicago-style pizza out of his own kitchen, and there's keg beer in the backyard. Come on down to Gary Janthony's Car Wash. It's not just a place to wash your car, it's a place to hang out. Gary Janthony's Car Wash. I'll meet you at Janthony's. Gonna meet you at the car wash. You know where I mean. in his driveway. Is that something that you want on your street? Because we don't want it on ours. There's so many different places you can wash your car. Why do you gotta do it on Spark Street? Go to a place where you would normally do something like that. Like a gas station or an actual car wash that's been established as a car wash. This is a street where people live. If you can hear car wash alarm signals coming from Spark Street. You could be entitled to compensation from the city of Burbank or from Gary Janthony himself. 
Please contact TakedownGary.org for more information. Let's take down Gary. Let's take Burbank back. Together. Okay, and that's TakedownGary.org. Check out their website. It's up and running now. All right, I'm going to go out there and drive through this car wash one time for Gary. I mean, talk about taking one for the team. No question, Dean and Nick are still out there giving people thumbs downs in those fold-out chairs, and they know that Gary asked me to do this. They're going to be so mad, but I, I'm just going to do this real quick, this one time. Hey, Dean, I'm sorry. Uh, are, you, are you serious? This is something you're doing. I told him I'm going to do it just one time. I, he asked me to do it as a favor. I'm going to do it this one time. That's fine. Everything's cool. You know why? Because what I know now, we're enemies. I hope you, I hope you get clean. I got to pull forward, Dean. A, a, the alarm went off. I got to pull forward. No longer Dean. All right, I'm pulling in here now. Uh, Nick is walking into the car wash. This thing is running. He's got to get out of here. Nick, you got to get out of there, man. Nick, you can't get, you can't. Nick, you need to get out of this. The whole neighborhood's watching. Nick, you can't be in here, man. Everybody's watching. You're betraying the neighborhood. Nick, I'm rolling up the window, man. You gotta get out of here, man. It's not safe in Take here. Down Gary. Watch out for the brush, man. Uh, You're gonna get sprayed with hot wax. Uh. Man, you got sprayed with wax. Alright, so you heard what happened there. Nick ran into the car wash. He got sprayed pretty badly in the ear with some hot wax. His right ear is pretty badly burned. Part of his neck and his shoulder got dislocated. His arm got caught in the brush. His right shoulder's dislocated. All right. Anyway, let's move on and do a promo. This podcast is brought to you by Karate Trophy City. If you own a karate studio and you need a trophy, Karate Trophy City has every karate trophy you could possibly imagine. They also carry Taekwondo stuff and other martial arts. Any kind of martial arts trophy that you need. If you need someone doing like a flying kick on top of a trophy or a guy doing a chop, almost any martial arts maneuver you can imagine, they have a trophy for it. Karate Trophy City is also famous for having the largest karate trophy in North America. It's two stories tall. That's about 24 feet. And if your karate studio is just one story, you can't bring this trophy in because it's, well, I guess you could bring it in if you put it on its side. But one of the things about karate is they really like to give winners really big trophies and this place has so many really big trophies but they also have the biggest one you've ever seen karate trophy city give them a call small trophy big trophy biggest trophy in north america they've got it that's karate trophy city and they're right next to used foosball tables don't go to karate trophy city or used foosball tables on mondays or anytime after three on wednesdays uh, that's really important karate trophy city we got the biggest one all right we're going to get to our main story here and talk about the situation with Pete the Pool Guy right after this brief intermission from Cephalopods or People.
So moving on from the car wash, I wanted to talk, of course, about Pete, our pool guy, and what's been going on with him. Pete is very mad at me because I asked him if he had been using our garbage can as a drug drop. Someone is using our garbage can as a drug drop. And anyway, we thought it was Pete. And I finally asked him about it. And he was so upset and insulted that he said he wasn't going to clean our pool anymore. And I felt terrible. I felt terrible for asking him in the first place. But I had to ask him because every time he left, there was there were drugs in the garbage can. Not to mention that Pete had a lot of boundary issues. I mean, he'd come over here and when he cleaned the pool, his wife would get in the pool and she'd swim while he was cleaning it. They'd be doing cannonballs and jackknives into the pool. He'd bring his baby. He'd wash his truck in the driveway and was constantly blasting classic rock, particularly Boston, Loverboy, and 38 Special, constantly. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there is such a thing as classic rock overload, and I was starting to get it, and it feels a little bit like tinnitus. But something else happened yesterday, and I wanted to play this for you. His wife came over, and we had a conversation, and I was right in the middle of recording the podcast, and she, out of nowhere, just showed up at the gate. And anyway, here's what happened. Hey. Hey. Um... I'm not, is Pete here? No. Oh, you have pool equipment. Yeah, I brought it. You're here to clean the pool? I just, we really, we need the money. Should I give Pete a call? Should I give him a he call and just talk to him? He doesn't actually know I'm here. Do you mind paying up front? Because um, I don't know how you were doing it with him, but I do need it like today. Okay, but I'll after just, I do it. I'll just write you a check. Do you just the cash this? would be great. Um, do you mind taking the baby inside? I, um, yeah, okay. So you heard all that. She shows up out of nowhere, wants to clean the pool. She's never cleaned the pool here ever. And she wants me to write a cat, a check out to cash and hold the baby. I go into the garage. She starts playing classic rock again. Not three minutes later, I hear a cannonball into the pool. She jumps in the pool. She came here to clean it and she's jumping in the pool again. Listen to this. She just jump into the pool? Did you just do a cannonball in the pool? You know what? I'm realizing. I actually, I put the chemicals in before I got in. You put the chemicals in and then you jumped in the chemicals? I think there's a wait time. Yeah, you're not supposed to get in the pool right after you put the chlorine in. Uh, it's like tingling, but I think maybe and it's killing, whatever. Yeah, you should probably get out for a couple reasons. Ooh, yeah, I gotta get out. Do you mind if I take a quick shower? I'll be so fast. The shower? So yeah, she got into the pool. You come over here to clean the pool, you start doing solo cannonballs? I walk out there. The window, at least 15 feet away from the pool, is wet. What are you doing out there? You pour a gallon of chlorine into a pool, and then you cannonball into the middle of it. I didn't even tell you the full story, you know, because she's she cannonballs into the chlorine, and then she gets out and she has to get into the shower. She got that Boston song cranking. Let me find it here. Right. So we're going to like act five of this song. This song has so many parts, by the way. It's got, listen to all the parts this song has. So this is the part where there's like an acoustic break, right? There's like 11 bridges in this song. So after this part, there's this part. Let me find it. Also, this part happened once already earlier in the song. This is five minutes into the song. He's actually saying it's been such a long time. The name of the song is Long Time. By the way, the solo you're hearing right now is the second guitar solo in the song. Let me play the earlier solo for you. Okay, here it comes. This is at minute 413. So the guy does this solo, and then he's like, this isn't enough solo. He finished it, and he was like, guys, I like that solo, but could I do another solo? And they were like, yeah, that's cool. 
Anyone else want to do a solo? Anyway, back to Candace. So she goes in to take a shower, and I can hear her in the bathroom rummaging around. And I said, hey, you okay in there? She doesn't answer me. So pretty soon she leaves. And I go into the bathroom. I notice my wife's Ambien is gone. It's not there anymore. So she took Faye's Ambien. I could hear her rummaging around in there. I knew she was doing something. But what am I going to do about it? Go over to Candace and Pete's house and ask if she took Faye's Ambien after I asked Pete if he was putting drugs in my garbage can? It's a lost cause. The Ambien's just gone. Nothing I can do about it. And I called the pharmacy and asked them if they could give me more Ambien. They acted like I was some kind of Ambien junkie. I mean, I didn't know what to tell them. I didn't want to tell them someone stole it. So I said, I had a full bottle of Ambien here, but I accidentally dropped it down the toilet. The pharmacist actually laughed at me over the phone. So I don't know what I'm going to tell Faye about her sleeping pills. They're just gone. I mean, maybe it is Candace who's actually putting the drugs in the garbage can and Pete doesn't even know about it, maybe. So Candace is going on the list. I mean, she's got to. I'm not going to tell Pete. The whole point of this is just to exonerate the poor guy. But man, what if it's his wife? I don't want to be the one to break it to him. The other person on the list has got to be Gary Janthony's son, Tony, who, as I told you, got drunk the other night. He's home from college and he turned that automatic car wash on so he could run naked through it and he burned himself, got third degree burns. That guy's always been trouble. He's definitely on drugs. I mean, if there's ever a guy that looked like he crawled out of a bag of cocaine, it's this kid, Tony. Anyway, we're going to figure out who's doing this, and we'll talk a little bit more about it after this promo. I don't know if you're into go-kart racing, but whether it's summer, spring, winter, or you know any of the other seasons, go-kart racing is always fun. Dolkart's Go-Kart Emporium has the fastest go-kart racetrack in Southern California. If you like speed, you got to check out Dolkart's Go-Karts. How fast do you think a go-kart normally goes? 35, 40 miles per hour? Dolkart's go-karts go up to 125 miles per hour. We're talking about zipping, and not just regular zipping. We're talking about cheek-stretching, teeth-gritting, tear-stained, warp-speed go-karting. And it's Chicago-style, so it's full contact. This is highly competitive, full-contact go-kart racing. I mean, these guys are just driving into each other full speed. I don't know if you've ever fallen out of a go-kart going full speed, but man, it hurts. It's like being thrown out of a pickup truck naked on a gravel road. I mean, you talk about ragdoll cartwheels. You take a tumble in one of these cars at 100 miles per hour, I hope you got rubber bones because you're going to need them. And that's why they require a full leather suit. It's Chicago style, so everyone's got all leather on. They got leather hats. I don't know if you saw that movie Pulp Fiction when they had that guy stuck in a chest all dressed in leather and rubber. These drivers look a lot like that. They got goggles on. They're all covered in leather. These guys will run each other right off the road at 90, 100 miles per hour. It can be pretty fun to watch, though. It can be pretty exciting. Driving a go-kart there, though, it's you got to know what you're doing. I tried driving there once, and someone ran over my hand. I dropped a $20 bill on the course just before the race. I reached down to get it, and someone just zipped right over my hand like it was part of the tarmac. It took me about 30 or 40 seconds to even realize what happened. I guess I was in some kind of shock. They told me I just sat there for about two minutes, just staring up at the sky. Finally, I looked up. I said, what happened? They said, well, Greg ran over your hand. And Greg and I are good friends now. We can look back on it and laugh. But I'm not going to get back on the course with them anytime soon because I bet if he had to, he'd run over that hand again. I mean, these guys are serious. But that's half the excitement for these guys because they love it. You go in there and you could rent one of their leather suits if you want. But to be honest, the rentals are a little musty. So you probably want to buy one of your own and they sell them right there. They're about $450 a piece. It's a real specialty item. But these things are really protective if you take a spill in one of these go-karts. And Matthew Dolkart, the owner of this place, he's an old school Chicago-style go-kart racer from the 70s. So... And he'll take one look at you and he can tell you exactly what kind of suit you need. Before you know it, you'll be head to toe in leather, leather helmet, goggles, and ready to run some other guy in leather right off the road. And you can become a pro at this if you want. I mean, there's a lot of betting that goes on at this place on the weekends. 
By the way, this is right near uh, used foosball tables and the Karate Trophy City. You don't want to go to any of these places on Monday or any time after 3. I'm not sure why, but they've stressed that that's very important. But there's a lot of gambling that goes on at this go-kart race. And look, you can become a pro. And if not a pro go-kart racer, a pro gambler or just a spectator. But if you are going to ride, I'd say get ready for some violence because these guys really mean business. Go-karts, go-karts, Emporium on Magnolia. Check it out. went into a guitar solo okay and that was cephalopods or people that was supposed to be a jingle for the go-kart thing i'm gonna assume they sent me the wrong version here's the thing that's randy pool singing for the band but he's also the lead guitarist so he said take it away randy and then he started playing a solo did he throw it to himself anyway i'll find out if that was the right version of the jingle that they sent me anyway you remember a couple days ago my wife got out of the car on the freeway because i didn't fire pete And I would have gone back to pick her up off the freeway, but she wouldn't let me. And she had her dad come down and pick her up, and she stayed up at his house for a couple nights. Okay, he's calling me right now. I've been expecting this call. I'm sure he's calling me to gloat because she's staying up at his house. I'm going to pick this up just a sec. Hi, Chuck. Well, she's home. Yeah, I know that she's there. She's She's not going to be staying there. She's where she belongs. She's not going to be staying there, Chuck. She just... Sweetheart, we are still in negotiations on where you are going. We are still discussing what the living arrangements will be. Look, I've always taught you about phone rules. I, I inter- you always interrupt when you're on when I'm on the phone. Different scenario. My phone, my rules. Oh my god, are you serious? I guess it just comes down to whether or not she wants to live in a normal American household or a crack den. It's not a crack den. It's I- a crack den. She's not going to stay at your house, Chuck. I'm not sure you have a full cognizant vision of this situation. She abandoned you. Do you understand that? Well, first of all, thanks for picking her up off the freeway. I would have done it if she had let me you know figure it out. how hard it is to pick somebody up on the 134? Do you know how many times I almost died picking her up? I thought she up? said she was going to go to the Taco Bell. Yes, but she couldn't climb the fence. Of the freeway. It's nine feet. It's not like I wanted her to climb the fence, Chuck. I didn't want her. What a gentleman. What kind of life is she living there? And apparently you're uh, involved in some other neighborhood scheme. What neighborhood scheme? Some sort of car wash? I have no idea. It's so hard for me to comprehend. 
How do you know about the car wash? I don't understand. When it comes to my family, I see all. Are you calling Phil to ask him what's going on at the house? Maybe. Phil, can you come in here for a second? Phil. Yeah? Did Grandpa ask you to tell him what was going on at the house? Well, you want to know why he told me? Gave me some money. What? I greased the wheel. Yeah. How much money did Grandpa pay you? I gave him a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars? You gave my son a thousand dollars? It was worth it. A fifteen-year-old kid should not have a thousand dollars. Keep the money, right? No, you can't keep the money for I spying would, on me. Um, bought some stuff. What did you the buy? New PlayStation and a VR headset. All right, we're gonna talk later. I don't think a fifteen-year-old should have a thousand dollars in his pocket, Chuck. I have built. An auto body and muffler empire. Why are we talking about your car business? I want my grandson to see what it's like to have a fistful of bread. Something you don't give him. I can't tell you. I mean, this is a boundary issue. Oh, listen to Hitler telling me to have boundaries. You know what the Japanese said when they bombed Pearl Harbor? No, what? You guys just don't get boundaries. You know what? Actually, I think that that's what the kamikazes were screaming as they crashed into the ships. Oh, uh, and by the way, a great little nugget I learned was that the pool guy's wife came over and cleaned the pool. How does that happen? Phil told me that she was actually in the house. How'd she get in the house? She had poured some chemicals in the pool and then gotten in the pool, so I, I let her I let her take a shower. Are you telling me that the pool guy's wife was in your shower? I let her take a shower because oh she God, had chlorine on her skin. You know, I don't know if Real Sex is still on HBO, but maybe you should have them reboot the series just for this story. Maybe they could follow your Burbank orgy around for a couple of days. It would be amazing. I would like to see it myself. All right. I'm interested. Talk about boundaries. What about shower boundaries? I don't let strangers in my shower. It's my shower. Well... Thanks for calling, Chuck. Tell Faye I love her and I'll see her soon. Oh, well, you don't know when she's going to get home because I live up in the hills and the Ubers never can find me. Okay. Talk to you later, Chuck. Yeah, maybe. Well, I guess it's good to know that Chuck is paying my son to spy on me. Chuck has a car modification, a car mod and muffler dynasty in Ventura County. He's known in Ventura City as this car mod muffler king. Everyone goes to him for crazy car stuff. And he's just had a fortune since the 80s, so he'll throw money at anything. Anyway, this podcast was sponsored by Jan Robinson Shirts and Pants. It's not just a shirt, it's a Jan Robinson shirt. Make sure to check out her watermelon pants. Also sponsored by Dolkart's Go-Kart Emporium. And of course, don't forget Janthony's Car Wash on Sparks and Riverside. It's more than a car wash. It's an 80s-style arcade and also a great pizza joint and a place you can get keg beer. I'll meet you at Janthony's. And last but not least, this podcast is sponsored by TakedownGary.org. Check out the TakedownGary.org website, and they can help you with any problems you're having with Gary Janthony's car wash in this neighborhood. All right, and I guess Gary Janthony wins this one because I'm going to send you off with the new Janthony's car wash jingle. That's it for this week on Valley Heat. Take it easy.